when we tell our stories, we're, we're telling our stories so that it inspires and motivates somebody else, right? It's always bigger than us. It's the audience. But there's a transformation that happens to the author. There's a healing that takes place. And it, the beautiful thing is you never really realize it. And so after you've written the book, after you've kind of gone on and the book is published, and then you're like, wow, I really did overcome these things. I really did like survive this, this thing that I thought really was going to take, take me over. You know, it's a, there's a transformation that happens to the author. Angel of light, come into me, show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Have you dreamed of adding author to your list of accomplishments? I know I have, but maybe like you, I've struggled to go from idea to published author. In this episode, we'll be talking with seven times published author and audience attraction coach, Leah M. Forney who works with aspiring and new authors and helping them solidify their messaging in order to reach their intended audience. Leah, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Pauline. How are you? I'm doing well and I'm so excited to have you on the show because you and I spoke prior to this interview and you said you were working on your eighth book yeah. and I'm like jaw dropped. <laughs> awe-inspired because I struggle with the idea of writing one book. And I think I have like maybe four or five books in the way, like started, but mm -hmm. never come to fruition. So I have so many questions myself that probably our listeners are also wondering if they're toying with this idea of becoming an author. We're going to just start with the question of where do you come up with all these content ideas for whole books? Not These are not like little 500 word blog posts. These are full yeah. books. Yeah. Where do the ideas come from? I, I'm what they call a nonfiction author. And so non, so books are mainly broken into two genres, nonfiction or fiction, right? And so nonfiction is basically the type of books where you're writing based on true experiences, your life. Um, a lot of those subgenres are like memoirs, self-help, inspirational, autobiography, right? And then you have the fiction side and fiction is where you still take true events, but you kind of tweak it a little bit, right? You, you kind of add some things, you come up with some characters. And so I typically write nonfiction memoirs. How I come up with the content 
is well one i pray i am i'm big on my spirituality so i pray i seek god about what it is that he wants me to write with direction to go uh and i tell people it always happens one or two ways he's either going to give me the title with no chapters or he gives me the title and the chapters so usually when he gives me the title and the chapters i kind of know like that's the book <laughs> that he wants me to actually write and then i start to play around with what experiences have i gone through that align with what the message of this particular book is for an example one of my books that i have written defining moments is a whole story about my personal journey with grief. And so when I was coming up with the, God had gave me the title and the chapters. And when I was thinking of the experiences, I was thinking about what I was living because I was writing it as I was living my grief journey. So I was pulling from present day experiences and figuring out, okay, where do I place them in each of those chapters? And then do you pull other people's stories? Because I mean, like, I feel like I have a lot of stories that I can tell, but like to fill a whole chapter or do you have, do you have to hit a number of pages? Cause I know people get caught up on like, Oh, maybe every, every chapter has to be 20 pages or <laughs> and maybe that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. So the beautiful thing about books is that we go based on word count, not page count. So the average book and, and what I share with my coaching clients is the average word count for books are anywhere between 20 to 25,000 words. So when you double space that edit it, it can bring you to a full length, hundred page, 120 page book. What I try to get others to understand is that is not a concrete set in stone number, right? The beautiful thing about being a writer is that you can decide how much you want to involve or divulge in the book and how much you don't, right? You get to pick and choose what parts of your story you want to tell versus what parts you want to leave out. I usually, the first thing that I typically do once I have prayed about it is I do what we call a brain dump. And so I literally write down every experience that comes to my mind surrounding the topic of the book. And then once I've done the brain dump, then I look at those experiences and say, okay, which ones make more sense to be a part of the book? Which ones are like something that maybe I could touch on, but not really touch on? And then which ones are like completely, no, we're not putting it in this book. I love the idea of God giving you the ideas. I feel like that's similar to how I work and the sense, but I, so I, I'd love to hear your process because I have to ask like oftentimes it just doesn't fall on me or it's mm -hmm. not downloaded sometimes yeah. it is and but yeah. for the most part it's me saying okay what do I do next or show me the next step how, how do you go through yeah the absolutely so I'm the same way it's either one or two ways he's either it's like a either it's going to be divinely downloaded to me or I'm like okay God I feel inspired to write a book where are we going <laughs> and then Kind of, he usually, I tell people, he usually doesn't respond right away. It's usually about 48 hours that might go by. And then all of a sudden it's like something drops. And I'm like, oh, that, so I, what I challenge coaching clients of mine to do is always keep a book near your bed or somewhere in your house, because you just never know when that divine download is going to come and you want to grab it and write it. So then you're like, oh, that's it. That's where we're going. But I, that's like, I'm the same way. It's either I ask him or it comes divinely, but I usually have to ask. For some people that may seem a little woo, uh, but it's something that I know works for me. So maybe if you haven't experienced that, maybe give it a try if you're listening to this right now. How long does it take you to write a book? 
Oh, that's so good. So typically I can write a book if I really set the, the schedule 45 days and then I'm ready to head it, hand it over to my editor. So what I chat, say to my coaching clients, writing a book, it's really about getting in a flow. It's about getting those juices going, the creativity going, plugging at your computer. So I think a lot of times people think that they need a whole lot of time to write a book. And I have challenged my clients to set a timer for 15 minutes. You'll be surprised how much you can write in 15 minutes. And the beautiful thing is once you start writing and that, and that timer goes off, you're in a flow. So you're not even thinking about setting, oh, I'm done writing because you're, you've been flowing. So now you won't, you don't want to stop writing. So then you look up and an hour has gone by but you've gotten out whatever it is was, that was being downloaded into you. One of the things I always tell people who want to write a book is create a writing schedule because we're busy, right? Especially women, we're busy women. <laughs> we're always doing something, we wear many hats. So if this is something you really want to do, the first thing I always say is set the goal and give it a deadline. I'm a firm believer that a goal without a deadline is just a wish, right? When I have a deadline, it's kind of that accountability holder. It's like, okay, you said you were going to do this by this date. So it holds you accountable, but then also give yourself a writing schedule, figure out what day of the week, what time of the day works best for you when it comes to writing. You know, I'm the most creative in the evening tonight, <laughs> I, I'm not a morning person. So usually if I'm in writing mode, it's after work hours, six, seven, eight o'clock my time. And then I'm like, I'm writing, but everybody's different. Okay. I want to touch upon that a little bit. The flow. When you're in that flow, things are just going. It's almost like you can't control it. You, it has a life of its own. And then you uh, put this thing called a schedule on the flow. <laughs> and I don't know about anyone else that's listening, but for me, I know like there are times when I'm, I'm in the flow and there are times like I almost have to force myself. Mm -hmm. So how do you mediate those two things? Because, you know, maybe you set your time, your schedule. So every day at 6 PM, you're writing for 15 minutes mm -hmm. a minimum, but it just, you're just not feeling motivated or inspired. Yeah. So I challenge all my clients to factor in writer's block and writer's fatigue in your process, because it's going to happen. There are going to be times between your everyday routine and schedule of things that when you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down and write and nothing comes. That's okay. It's a part of the process. So what I usually tell people is take a step back, do something different, right? You might need to uh, go for a walk, listen to some music, release some type of energy, and then try again. Um, I've had to do it. One of the things that I've done to combat writer's fatigue sometimes is change the scenery. So I have a workspace in my house where I sit down and I work, but sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'll go sit on my balcony today. And just that sunlight and that fresh air is inspiration enough to have me start writing. So sometimes something as simple as changing your scenery can help you reconnect with what it is that you're trying to accomplish by writing this book and get that flow back. So the process, mm -hmm. you come up with the outline first, then you hit each chapter in order or how does that work? I typically will write out my outline in a notebook. <laughs> I usually will write down the chapters, the title of the chapters, and then that's where I begin to plug in experiences 
for instance, with my current book that I'm working to get released, it's all about my father. And so there's like this one chapter about being a fatherless daughter. So then I started to think about, okay, what are some of the key experiences? So one of the experiences that came to me was like not being able to go to father-daughter dances because my dad wasn't around. So that aligns with the title of being a fatherless daughter. So I usually just in a notebook or a pad kind of map out my outline. Now I will say, don't let your outline be set in stone. Be okay with the shift because especially when you are relying on God or your higher power to navigate it, it will shift (laughs) because I thought prime example with this latest book, I thought I was done. And then out of nowhere, I got this divine download to talk about something more specific to like my unmet emotional needs with my father. And I'm like, I thought I was done writing the book. (laughs) And then he was like, no. So be okay with it shifting. Because sometimes when you think you're finished, like God or your higher power is like, no, it's not done yet. It's not complete yet. And so then I had to go back and added a different chapter. And I went from a 12 chapter book to 13 chapter book because I had to shift. Yeah, I love that being open to the shift. Okay, pen versus typing. Mm. That's I hear you. I hear a lot of debate. So, what is your take on that? So, I'm okay with both. Here's the thing that I tell my clients: you're gonna have to translate it to typing at some point, especially when you have to hand it over to an editor. An editor is not gonna take books of your notebook paper and edit it, right? So it's okay to start off. I know people that are comfortable with doing pen and notebook. It's okay to start off that way and get it out. Um, But at some point, you're going to have to transition it to typing so that when you are ready for editing, it's an easy transition to the editor versus trying to hand over a whole bunch of notebooks with like papers and you drew a line through this and crossed out that. Because I know like for me, when I was writing a lot, I'd like to write in, you know, physically and then type it out later. And I did a lot of editing that way. Now these days I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe I could just speak it into like my mm-hmm. phone. So yeah. Yeah. Have you, do you work with clients who like to just record? Yes. So what I tell my clients is don't, you can be open to recording too. So there's so many transcribing programs out there. Um, One that I know that's really inexpensive is Timmy, T-E-M-I. And you can just record and then you send it to them. I think they're like 10 cents a page and it, you know, you send them the audio, they transcribe it. And I've seen people that have had their whole book recorded, transcribed it, and then took the transcription and handed it over to an editor. So I think that as the, the goal is to like not miss those nuggets. Like when it's coming, just jot it down somewhere because you might not be in a place like if you're working or something, you might not be in a place to actually sit down and write your book. But if you're getting these little downloads, write it down so that you can go back and be like, oh, I remember when I thought of this and I'm going to plug it here. I'm going to ask you to put your coaching hat on right now. Writing a book from beginning to end takes a lot of focus. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had clients who maybe were like 15 days into the process and they're like, man, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Or they may be like, oh, I have another idea for a book. How do you guide them back to the commitment to their first book? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I have those clients all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing I always ask when I'm doing a coaching assessment is what is your why? Why do you want to write this book? Why is this particular story so important? Um, and the reason why I ask that question is because for some people, writing a book is a bucket list thing, right? Like, I just want to write a book and be done. For others, it's the beginning of something bigger. It's the beginning of their legacy. It's the beginning of starting the business, starting the ministry, doing something bigger. And so the way that I navigate that is I always bring them back to their why. Remember when you said this is what you wanted to do and why you wanted to do it. Um, because I find even for me, it's easy to lose focus or lose track of Eh, after a while, you're like, I don't feel like writing no more, right? <laughs> so sometimes reconnecting with the bigger picture helps you to kind of get back on track. And so that's one of the main reasons why I asked that question, because I know there will be times when you're working with me throughout the process. And so how I typically coach is I train as I coach. So by the time they're done working with me, they will actually have learned the whole process from beginning to end on how to write a book. And I teach them that because book writing process is literally like a rinse, wash and repeat. It's the same process over and over again. I don't care how many times, how many books you write, you're going to do it the same exact way. So I'm the type of coach where I'm, I, I like to fire myself. <laughs> so it's like, let me teach you the process. So then you don't need me anymore after book number one. And when you're ready to do book two, three, four, five, or however, you already have the process. But I always ask that question about what is your why? Why is this even important? So that they always have that in the back of their mind on those days where you're struggling with writer's block, you're struggling with writer's fatigue, and you do want to quit. Writing a book, is it more for the author or more for the reader? You know what? It's both. And I say that because... When we tell our stories, we're, we're telling our stories so that it inspires and motivates somebody else, right? It's always bigger than us. It's the audience. But there's a transformation that happens to the author. There's a healing that takes place. And it, the beautiful thing is you never really realize it. And so after you've written the book, after you've kind of gone on and the book is published, and then you're like, wow. I really did overcome these things. I really did like survive this, this thing that I thought really was going to take, take me over. You know, it's a, tr there's a transformation that happens to the author. So even though the reader is getting insight to your world and, and they're learning of the things that you've gone through and they're getting inspiration, you're being transformed because you're actually healing in the midst of your writing. I love that. From the outside, it would appear that the summit, the victory is getting the book published. Yeah. But in actuality, it's all the little growth moments along the way of the writing of that published book. And the yeah. published book is kind of like the byproduct of your growth. Absolutely. I want to get a little bit technical before we talk about your latest book. Are you into traditional publishing or self-publishing? Nice. So I've actually done both. Um, when I did my very first book, Unapologetically Me, I went through a very small press publishing company. And I tell people all the time, if you're going to go the traditional publishing route, definitely try to find a small press company only because they're trying to get their name out just as much as you will. We are trying to get your name out. And so they're not going to charge you an arm and a leg. Like if you went to these major publishing companies, um, 
but what made me transition to small to self-publishing, which is what I continue to do now, was the uh, control factor. I wanted to have the control over my book. This was my baby. All my books are my babies. <laughs> I tell people I don't naturally have kids, but I have seven kids called my books. Right? <laughs> but this was my baby. And so it was about control and how having the control over who does the editing, who does the formatting, who does my graphics. Um, whereas if you go the traditional route, a lot of these publishing companies, they control that. They control the editing, the formatting, what the graphic is, the cover is going to look like. And then you have to think about the royalty aspect. Some traditional companies, they might pay you up front, right? But then they're taking 70% of your royalties. So I always say when you're trying to decide between traditional or self-published or what they call now hybrid, which is kind of a combination of the both, how much control do you want? Because think about it, this is your baby. So how much control do you want? So hybrid is that self-published and with the help of a yeah. publishing house? Okay. Yeah. So hybrid is definitely, you'll still be considered self-publishing, but what hybrid does is that you hire a publisher to kind of handle the editing, the formatting, that piece without the them being considered the publisher. Got you. Do you feel like as time has gone on, there is less taboo on the self-published authors? Yeah. I think as time has gone on, self-published authors are, they're up there. I tell people all the time, I'm a self-published author and I'm also Amazon's bestseller. It's not like it used to be where it's like, if you came from a big name publishing house, (laughs) then that means you're guaranteed Amazon bestseller or New York Times bestseller. If you're publishing a book, period, like you can shoot for that shot. So I want to talk a little bit as we wrap up about your latest book on reconciliation. Mm. Tell us about it. What's the title? What is it about? And where can people find it? Yeah, Power of Reconciliation, Healing from the Inside Out. So (laughs) when God gave me that particular book, it was during a time in my life where he was literally reconciling and restoring some different difficult places in my life. One of them being a relationship with my mother. At the time that he gave me that book, my mom ended up getting badly beaten by a drug dealer and ended up having a really bad stroke. Me being her caregiver and power of attorney, I got waking up out of my sleep at 5 a.m. to a doctor basically saying, you need to make this decision about this emergency surgery, otherwise your mother's going to die. And I remember (laughs) battling with the decision because on one hand, yes, she's my mother, but on the other hand, her drug addiction has put a strain in our relationship for a long time. And so I prayed and I was like, God, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, save her life. And so I made the decision. And to be honest, Pauline, we didn't even think she was going to make it through because my mother had been severely sick for a long time. So in my mind and my grandmother and my aunt, we were preparing to bury her and God pulled her through. It was crazy because at the t- at that time, my mom and I were beginning to kind of repair our relationship. And then God does something so amazing. So I'm one of six siblings. Three of them, I did not grow up knowing. And then while my mother was recovering from her stroke, we get notified that the mother of the woman that, the woman that adopted my other three siblings contacted us. And so I'm able to meet my other three for the first time. 
all at the same time, my mom's healing from this stroke. And so that's how power of reconciliation came about because God wanted me to share this story of how he can take those prayers, those things that you really think he forgot about, but he didn't. And it's all in his timing and really bring them to pass because I had always prayed for my siblings. I had always prayed to get to know them. And it just took a situation with my mom being sick for God to be like, okay, now's the time to answer that prayer. Wow. I have goosebumps all over my body. Just (laughs) hearing your story because what was divided was now put back together. Yeah. Wow. What's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? What I've been taught is forgiveness. It takes, it takes two to forgive one to reconcile. So forgiveness is literally you saying, you know, I'm letting this person or this situation off the hook. Reconciliation is when you make up in your heart and mind that despite all that you may have gone through with this individual, um, you still want them in your life. And so for me, the reconciliation was I wanted to make peace with my mom, even if this might have been the last time. Right. I didn't want it to be any more bad blood. I didn't want it to be any more um, estrangement or issues between us. And unfortunately, my mom did end up end up going back on drugs after all that God had brought her through. But that time frame, and we're talking about nine, 10 months of her being, you know, hospitalized and having to learn how to walk and talk was that time frame that God had gave me to finally make peace with her, to finally you know, let it go. And I always say, when you're healing, you hear things differently, you do things differently, and you see things differently. And it was in that time that God allowed me to hear my mother, not from the broken little girl, but to hear her from the woman that has always been battling her whole entire life. I started to see her not as my mom, but as another woman trying to navigate this thing called life. And so because I started to see and hear her differently, then I began to do differently, which was to learn to just love her, love her for the woman that she was and is despite her flaws. Because the God that I serve, that's what he teaches me to do anyway, is to just love people. So I had to learn how to practice love in action, which is I'm just gonna love you despite (laughs) what you, you do. Wow. That is so powerful. You know, that's a testament to the power of being an author and this beautiful symbiotic relationship that it's, that it's both for the writer and for the person reading the reader and how much healing can happen. And from your experience, the ripple effect it can have on other people. You said you're working on your eighth book. Do you want to give us a sneak peek or is that kind of under wraps? So my eighth book is Daddy's Little Princess, Mm. a personal journey to healing my daddy wounds. And it's so funny because when God revealed that one to me, I was like, really? Why do we have to talk about my father? (laughs) Like, Because all my books have been about this relationship with my mom. And God said to me, you can't tell one side of the story and not tell the other. What that book will dive into is literally how my father's absence impacted me in ways that I didn't even realize. Like it was so much that God revealed to me as I was writing this particular book that I was like, oh, wait, 
yeah, I do do that. Yeah, that does make sense. You know, I didn't, I never even put two and two together. So that will be releasing in fall of this year. And I'm so excited to to release this one. I told God, I was like, I think I'm done. But I tell people, if it's God, it's never a one and done. It's always like, all right, for now. And then I'll, I'll reveal the next thing for you. Well, it's not an eight and done either. <laughs> yeah. Yep. With your coaching abilities and business, you can help bring forth the same type of healing for other people as writers. Imagine the ripple effect that will have on the world. So, you know, what you're doing uh, personally as an author, but also in reaching out to aspiring authors is pretty amazing. What piece of advice would you give to aspiring authors? I would just say, just do it. Many of the women that I coach, their dream to be becoming an author was 10 years, 20 years in the making. And a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of who's really going to read my story, who all of that. And one of the things that I always tell them is your story is for somebody. It's not for everybody. It's for somebody. One of the things I teach them is how to identify their audience. Because one of the things that I have learned is that people will try to reach everybody. And your job is not to reach everybody. Your job is to try to reach a specific group of people that need what you have and want to hear that story. When I wrote Unapologetically Me, I had so many women who had estranged relationships with their mother reach out to me and like, and would say, thank you. Thank you for giving me a voice because I too had a love-hate relationship with my mom. I too struggled to see her for this woman because she battled with addiction. And that for me was the moment God was showing me like, this is why it's so much bigger than you. So if you're thinking about doing a book, writing, just do it. Just do it and do it with the fear. I tell my clients all the time, factor your fear into your success. It's a part of it. Like, you're going to be scared. People don't believe me when I tell them every time I get ready to release a book, I'm nervous. I'm terrified. That's why I have a tribe of people that I can, you know, that have gone through this with me and support me and I can bounce those fears off of them. But you're going to be scared. But do it because you're leaving a legacy, but also you're giving somebody else a voice that does not have a voice right now. Wow. Whoo. That's amazing. Okay. (laughs) I think that is a good place to bring this interview to completion. I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Leah. Here are this episode's takeaways. Always have a notebook around or near your bed because you never know when divine inspiration will hit. Develop a writing schedule to write for 15 minutes a day. Writer's block and fatigue is going to happen, so factor it in. One simple strategy is to change your scenery, a different environment, or doing something out of your routine, like taking a walk, can help you get unstuck and back in the flow of writing. Be open to the shift. Other ideas may be inspired for your book. Have a typed copy of your draft for the editor. You can also speak your book and find a transcribing service. Get clear on why you want to write a book. Your why will carry you through the lulls and connect you back to the bigger picture. The process of writing a book is transformative and healing for the author. The book is a byproduct of the writer's growth.
Factor your fear into your success. It is a part of it and worth it because your book gives your readers a voice. The written word is powerful. It has the ability to inspire, teach, and generate ideas and conversation. And if you are listening to this right now and feel called to be an author and impact people's lives through the written word, I encourage you to connect with Leah. We'll link all of her information in the show notes so you can get a hold of her. And perhaps you want to get a hold of some of her books because you see your story in hers and can now finally have a voice. So being an author is a noble and courageous feat. Putting yourself out there, committing to sharing your work with others is truly a victory. And I just want to encourage you to, like Leah said, embrace the fear and go boldly and bravely into writing your book. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Small Victories podcast. And until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see You are my pathway into the light Lead me from shadows to light You smile on my smile small